Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today members podcast on Tuesday, 27th of June, and we're coming into the end of the financial year. And after four days of getting slaughtered, the market is finally having an up day. I will come to that in our strategy chat. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. It most certainly isn't. Now, hopefully you've been looking at the Marcus Today homepage. It's been a lot of work over the last few days putting that together. The homepage has a couple of uses. The first, of course, is to provide a better user experience for you, our members. What you'll find on the homepage is that you can now click through from the homepage to each of the sections in the newsletter So you don't need to change your habits. You can carry on doing whatever you've been doing previously, going to the members area and using the menus on the right, or you might get used to using the homepage and you can click through to each section from there and then go back and then click onto the next section. Anyway, it is an evolving thing. It is also designed, of course, to explain what we do to non-members and non-members will find it rather frustrating because every time they click through, they will get a prompt to subscribe. Sorry about that. Working on the website has rather delayed a few stock takes I've been meaning to do. I will get to those from now on. We've done the bulk of the hard work, it seems, on the homepage. You might notice on the homepage as well that these stock takes are now listed on the homepage in chronological order. So if there are new ones, you will see them on the homepage rather than having to go into sections and see if we've done one in previous days that you may have missed. They'll be on the homepage. And there we go. Right, to the market today, we had Wall Street down 12. It wasn't really doing too much, but I noticed the Nasdaq was off 1.16%. And today we're having our first up day. We were up 40 points. And as I explained in the strategy piece, I have a funny feeling that what happened in the last four days, where our market precipitously dropped against the trend. It was having a lovely rally, got us all interested, and then it has precipitously dropped in four days. And it did that irrelevant of what the US markets were doing. So I have a funny feeling, and Henry will confirm this, that sometimes you're sitting at a broking house We were both in institutional broking. Sitting in a broking house and somebody in the room suddenly is very active with a host of sell tickets that just keep pouring in. The more they sell, the more they report the orders to the fund manager, the more the fund manager gives them other orders. And so it just rolls and rolls and sometimes it rolls for days. And my guess is that this selling, which has been, as I say, dropping the market, irrelevant of the macro factors and irrelevant of what the US market has been doing, could just be some sort of end of financial financial year shenanigans. If it happened not near the end of a financial year, you might take more notice of it. But there are times in the market when fund managers simply have to do a lot of selling. Possibly they lost a mandate. Possibly their parent in New York has made an asset allocation decision to bonds out of equities, something. And the selling hits the market. And this has been quite relentless for a few days. And on the back of that thought, my feeling is that at some point the selling stops. And as Henry and I can tell you, the brokers sit there waiting to see the orders come in the next day and the next day. And then the day they stop, they all jump in. And that day may have been today. It's going to take a day or two for the market to get too convinced. And the trend isn't good, it has to be said. But I have a funny feeling we might see the market whiplash us in the other direction once the selling has stopped. We will see. But it's been enough for me in the strategy portfolio 
portfolio just to hold on at the moment through gritted teeth to Macquarie and BHP and the trades in Fortescue Metals and Levisa. Lucky Levisa is a quality stock or I would have tipped it out. I am slightly concerned after a few consumer discretionary profit warnings that Levisa might suddenly come out with a confession. So a little worried about that, but still holding for the moment, hoping that by the end of this week, we've only got four days to sit this out, hoping by the end of this week, the market suddenly realises the selling's over and gets going again. Let's give it another day. Otherwise, I see from the Facebook discussion group that some of you have been buying SNAS, that's short NASDAQ. It's the obvious trade if you think the US market's going down. And in the technical scan section today, you'll see there are finally sell signals on the Dow Jones, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. So I can see what you're up to, but just watch out for this whiplash if it happens. Although it is an Australian thing and won't affect the NASDAQ at all. The NASDAQ does look like it's topped out. So good luck with that. Worth mentioning today that I have just changed the tone of the technical scan section a little bit. The technical scan section got a bit of feedback in the members survey that it was for traders only and a lot of you never read it. It was too short term. I have changed the focus of the technical scan section. Have a look today. But rather than focus on small stocks that some of you would never buy that happen to be in the short term topping out or bottoming out, I am going to use the technical section as a daily overview of what's happening in the market with specific larger stocks, but more interestingly with markets and sector trends. I'll let the section speak for itself. Have a look today. Tell me if you find that useful. All investors should find it useful the way it's been written today and will be written in future. It's now picking up on trends in the market, in sectors, stocks and the markets. So I'd want to read that every morning, even if I was someone who never bought or sold anything and was only interested in income. It is a good window on what is moving in the market. Now I've got something a little special for you now on the members podcast. I have Archie. Some of you may have come across Archie on the phones. Archie's been working part-time at the Marcus Today business, looking after customers, checking your renewals, and we thought it'd be a good idea if Archie asked me questions that members might find interesting, and particularly the younger demographic. Archie, of course, is worth following on Instagram, APBouncy. Look for APBouncy, A-P-B-O-U-N-C-Y, no E. Just have a look what Archie gets up to. Archie. So, good morning, Archie. Good morning. How are you going? I'm not too bad. Good. Uh, Now, I believe you have a question for me. Yes. Today's question is, if you were 20 again, essentially me, what would you do with your money that you're earning? This is assuming you've saved some money. This is assuming I'm making some money. Making some money. Right. Okay. Uh, As you know, your daughter, who is a doctor. My daughter. uh, Sorry. (laughs) Your sister. My daughter, who is a doctor, uh, constantly worries about money. In fact, when she was at university, she was doing a spreadsheet which had every little expense noted and it was a tremendous waste of time for her. I eventually had to tell her that really are are fussing too much about money because my feeling is, Arch, at some point you're going to be earning a lot of money and the little bits of money you are earning now are going to become largely irrelevant. So in dollar terms, the dollars you're earning now, I know everyone's trying to teach. If you look at the, the new homepage, you'll see there's a fantastic video about Warren Buffett and uh, Warren Buffett's 
from the very beginning as a kid understood compounding. And he gives you this idea that if you put a nickel in a jar and invest it, it compounds. And that, that, that nickel that he saved when he was 15 is now worth whatever it is worth because it was handled properly by him. So uh, there are ideas that you need to save every nickel. But um, uh, I would say to you at this point, vastly more important than you putting money aside, saving money. Uh, yes, you could put it in super. I think that might make a difference if you rather than spend it, be better way. But far more important for you at this point, I would say is, or for any 20 year old, is to get the education uh, that, that clearly Warren Buffett taught himself. He read all his, his dad was a stockbroker by the looks of it. And he read all the books in his dad's library. That's vastly more important for you to do than to obsess about saving money to invest at this point. Because in my life, at some point, the money, the money I had as a kid was completely overwhelmed by how much I was earning in later life. Right. But couldn't you say that developing the habits while you're earning a little bit of money means that when you're earning a lot of money, they're there and, and you don't have to then create them? Absolutely. Uh, the, the, best, the best way for you to invest money or far more important than you investing money is, is not spending money, if you see what I mean, to get that discipline into your head. We did a survey of all our members. Some of you members may remember. We did a fantastic survey of all our members. What are your tips on retirement? And one of the ones that took me was that if you make a financial plan, it wasn't so much a financial, but people get turned off by the expression financial plan. But if you plan your retirement, and if you do it particularly with a, a partner, but if you do it as a couple or a group, and you say, right, we want to retire and travel the world by this date, then in order to do that, we'll need this much money. In order to retire, we'll need this much money and this return. And you just work that that uh, equation out. So you have a date and you have an amount of money. And that's a really good start for a plan. Now, once you do that, what happens is that you start to be a rich dad, which is someone who doesn't look rich and doesn't spend a lot, but is wealthier than the poor dad, who is someone who borrows a lot of money, looks wealthy, he's got a nice car, nice house, but actually doesn't have any assets, and probably has a job which could be taken away at a moment's notice. So the rich dad, poor dad, read the book, read the book, book. good, well done, Arch. And you could say, by the end of the year, I want to save 10 or have $10,000 in the bank. Right, now how do you go about that? And one of the disciplines that this member explained is that suddenly you understand why you are not living the life that some other people are because you are saving money. You are valuing money and you have a target. So probably the best thing you could do at this stage is irrelevant of what you're going to do with the money when you get there is to say to yourself, right, by the end of the year, I want $10,000 in the bank. And that will change your whole uh, spending habit and and develop some discipline for you. Right. Thank you. Good. There we go. (laughs) That is our first First Archie segment on the Marcus Today Members Podcast. Thank you very much, Archie. Next time I might get one that applies to our demographic. Uh, Yes. Oh, what? You mean our members' demographic? Yes. Very good. Okay. Thanks, Arch. Right, back to the market today, and there are a few little stories around. A few downgrades on Metcash, which had results yesterday. Metcash down 1.6% today. The IMF tells the European Central Bank and other central banks that they must continue to combat inflation despite the risks of weaker economic growth. Thanks very much for that. Goldman Sachs downgrades Tesla to neutral. A US 
Broking House says the AI innovation is a 1995-style internet moment and predicts a 12 to 15% increase in the tech sector in the second half of the year. Consumer confidence this number, uh, consumer confidence numbers this morning were pretty benign, lower for the 17th consecutive week. Sonic Healthcare up 2.6% on an acquisition. Medibank down 3.2% as APRA tells them they need to hold two. $250 million more of capital adequacy. Points bet in a trading halt pending a material transaction thought to be a takeover. JP Morgan's equity strategists say the market is going to face a more challenging backdrop in the second half of the year, a decelerating economy, potential recession, softening consumer trends, in investor complacency and significant stock re-ratings. Great. And Collins Foods, speaking of chip stocks, KFC to you, Collins Foods had what looked like a profits warning and are up 13.3%. They warn of persistent inflation affecting margins for the next 12 months thanks to rising wages, rising energy prices and rising menu ingredients and a 77% decline in net profit. Share price up 13%. In Henry's take today, updating on the Magellan punt, an update on Argosy. He has a link to a recommended podcast, Money of Mine. Might have a look at that. And he looks at the insurance stocks, which have been flying recently, QBE, IAG. And he has an on-the-couch coming up with his old buddy Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners, lovely guy. And they are going to take your questions. So you can email Henry any of your questions. He's also on the call tomorrow with the REIT, not the REIT, the ETF whisperer, Andrew Wheeland, and they have a list of stocks they're going to be talking about. Okay, that's about that. Our market, as I say, having our first good day or up day in five days, up 41 points. Dow futures up 48, NASDAQ futures up 27. Sorry about that, SNAS holders. Best sectors today, banks. Banks having a roaring day, all up over 1% and still rising. Jellin up 0.8%, but the rest of the banks up over over 1%. And a bit of life in resources, BHP up 0.8%, Fortescue Metals up 2.4%, making my ideas portfolio look a little bit better. And the worst sector today, technology and consumer discretionary still on the nose. Right, that's about that. We are waiting for the CPI number tomorrow, then the RBA meeting on Tuesday, 79% chance was it of rates being left unchanged despite all the strategists suggesting we've got three more rate rises this year. Let's see what happens. You have a fabulous day, and I will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.